advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am... Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am... Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. Oh, well, hello there. Well, hello. Mm. Mm. Well, hello. What happened? Nothing. Huh. I think. Uh, we're back. We are. Yeah, we have backs. We do. We're not back in black. No. Though some of us have black on. Have, I'm mostly blue and purple. Yeah. We're going to have to switch the whiskey for this joke. Mm-hmm. For what? That one over there. What happened? It's over there. Oh, black and yeah. wrong one. Yep. Mm. I know we were going to open the show like that. Right. I didn't either. <clears throat> Nobody did. It's all impromptu. Yep. So, whiskey first. Yes, we have a whiskey from, is that really this person's name? Here yeah, you, they're Kip, probably British. Oh, Kip Stone. Kip Stone Man. Maybe not. That's a stoner. I don't know. That's a no, stoner name. Man. What's up, Kip? It's Stone. You're making it sound weird. It's just Kip Stoneman. Kip yeah. Stone Man. Kip Stoneman. That's what I said. Yeah. Kip Stoneman. Exactly what I said. If you say go it to, fast, Kip go to Stoneman. The, go to the transcripts. That's yeah. exactly what I said. Kip Stoneman. Yeah. Kip when Stoneman. I hear Kip, I think about when you lay on your back, you jump to your feet. A little so kip, kip up. Kip up, yeah. Yep. That's what that's I think. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to do that with no hands. I don't think I can do that anymore. Back in the day, I could. I'd you blow my hands. Kip's, I could kip, do it with no hands. Oh. Kip's kind of a name like Cato, like Cato Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kip Stoneman. Like, kind of like that. Like it's like a it sounds like, like a newscaster. A, yeah, it yeah. It definitely, Stoneman. he's on Anchorman. Yeah, exactly. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Kip Stoneman with the weather. Yeah, <clears throat> I bet he's a weatherman. He had no choice. He might. No, he has to be. Yeah, he is the weatherman. So he got us J. Henry and Sons, hmm. Wisconsin straight bourbon whiskey. Oh, that's what you're bold. mad about because it's bourbon from Wisconsin. There's no such thing as Wisconsin bourbon. You went Nick Cage on it. Uh, like that was weird. It's just bourbon. Well, Burnside's bourbon from Oregon. But it's not Oregon uh, bourbon. I don't know. I think Dave threw a fit about bourbon. That's true. <clears throat> once before like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a category. And we're drinking it out of the Glen, Glen Cairn glass. Is that how to pronounce that? The Glen Cairn glass. Glen Cairn. Yeah. So, which is like a fancy. I think she's trying to tell us how to uh, do like critique That's the whiskey. That's Carrie Wobie, yeah. Yeah. Color, body, nose, palate, and joy. So, got body, you can see it kind of greasing down the glass. Yeah. This color is fancy as fuck. Is it you actually can pale see. gold, deep gold, copper, or rich in amber color? This is very rich in amber color. It is rich in amber color. You try to refine Did you drink us? have. A light, medium, or full body? Well, we, we have to drink yet. it. What's the, what does it say about the nose? Uh, which aromas do you recognize with your nose in your whiskey is smoky, fruity, or chocolatey? Sour Patch Kids. 
I get the watermelon. <laughs> Cheers. Mm. Mm. You had to like gulp out of it. Nice. You can't. You can't I didn't, just like throw. No, it back. you can't throw it back. I didn't that throw was it back. Hard. That was yeah. really rough. I had to gulp three times. Not how many repeats wow. this week. Actually, though, was for gulping three times, it was uh, rather smooth. A little That's spicy. Good. A little spicy. Like just a touch. No smoke. A little apple has some body. No. Getting a little apple dapple coming in at the end. Mm. Apple bottom jeans. It's like a little. It's almost a little bit of Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> It's a little it's kind of full body. It's got a, a J-Lo, J-Lo to it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think I like you've it. just come up with an entirely new way to, to yeah. rank whiskey. Yeah. It's you don't need like, these fucking... You don't need that scale. Yeah. No, it's, it's got a little... Tastes Ooh. like apples. It's got a little J-Lo to it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Spice. Yeah. And this shit's Shakira as fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking good. Not this one. That's something else. No, I'm just yeah, saying. That would be a term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning spicy. Yeah. 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 So thank you. I want to find a Bradley Cooper. Thank you, Kip Up Stone Man. Deep Blue Eyes. Yeah, Jason Roscoe. Jason Roscoe. Yeah, uh, God, we got him. We need to find a bottle. We need to find a bottle of Bradley Cooper. Maybe one of these will be it, and we'll send him a bottle. Maybe I got to find that clip. What episode was that? Because it wasn't his Air Force Uh, episode. It was. It wasn't chemtrails. It was when he was here. I think George Lucas wasn't it? Oh, it was it. Yeah, yeah. Or or it was a bonus episode. Man, that was. It might have been a bonus episode. We set him. He was on it. Yeah. It was it was because it was one questions. or two around. Uh, it was the questions. Look for George Lucas, and then it's going to be <laughs> yeah, whichever one right he guest there. spotted yeah. in around George Lucas. It might have been bonus because it was like, "What would you do for a million dollars?" What yeah, wouldn't you? It was. Was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So was if you know, if you're out there and you know, please let us know where that clip's at. Yeah, yeah. we want to find. I it. Might, it might be the cut. Like it might be. Yeah. You know, I might as well just check three uh, clips. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, because yeah. there's no way we didn't use that as the clip. Yeah. True. And, Speaking of Instagram, our hot sack uh, of the week from El Yucateco Hot Sauce, king of flavors since 1968. Put it in your mouth, put it in your mouth, put it in your mouth. Um, goes to Megan B mm-hmm. on Instagram. So, uh, again, we give it on various uh, social uh, media platforms. Mm-hmm. That was this. This was that. Uh, thank you. Uh, what did they post? Do you remember? Uh, food. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Mm. There was a couple people that did it, and I, I tried to share them all. So if you post Teco in your story and tag us, I try to read share in our story. Right. So. Nice. So look for Frankie Pigeons to reach out to you, um, and you will be rewarded with a hot sack or a hot box full of delicious hot sauce and other knickknacks, doodads. And patty wax. And patty wax. Yeah. Um, and as always, we like to thank our patrons. Um, it's a very easy way to support the show. If you love the show, if you listen, if you want to give back, it's a very easy way to do it. Um, For as little as a dollar, you get our bonus episodes. We have well over a hundred of the hundred and something. I don't know. 150 almost like 140. Uh, There's a lot because yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there, but for other, other uh, dollary dues, you get early episodes, you get access to the live stream, which is its own sort of social event. Uh, whenever we record uh, extra shirts, bonus shit, cool stuff, etc. So uh, patreon.com black slash Sofa King podcast. Um, and we always like to shout out our uh, patrons, um, one of whom is Connor Brennan. Connor Brennan. Connor Brennan. What's the guy I don't like? The actor I don't like. Brennan Fraser. <laughs> Brennan Fraser. That just made you think of... <laughs> That's what Connor Brennan made you think of Brennan. Yeah. Like, you just see him and not like him yeah. and want to fight him. That's well, all it is. 
Was that it? You don't like Brendan Fraser? That's what I, I, yeah, I just want like, to yeah. state that, Connor. I do not like Brendan Fraser. Okay. It's Brendan Fraser, right? It's your fault. It's, it's Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, not Brendan, but <clears throat> that's what it made me think of. That was the first thing that came to mind. And I do like Brendan Fraser. What movie specifically do you like with him? I like the fact that... I like Journey to the Center of the Earth. I like the fact that he the went mummy? out of his way to spend time with my nephew and he was dying. That's right. He told us that story, remember? And yeah. the mummy's great. Yeah. <laughs> More than once. feel like yeah. a dick. Yeah. I and invited him to the did. movie set. I, I just found him. Yeah, oh. I did him at some point. Uh, but I don't. Really, I don't like any of his movies. Okay, I like he was good in Scrubs. True, nah, I don't dislike really him as an individual scrubs. necessarily, but I just don't like just that like scrubs. he somehow finds a a way to use the yelling like something loud's happening voice when nothing loud is really mm-hmm. happening. Where he's like. We're going down. Like, I got to do this thing when I talk like this. Like, there's that's some kind of, like, airplane engine or wind, and you're like, that's not happening. Trying, Why yeah, are you doing that? It's in the movie. <laughs> it's so apparent that he's doing that, though. No, it's I guess I liked The the Mummy. I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remembered thinking, oh, that was a decent movie. I don't yeah. remember. Mummy's good. Then we have Randy Lofton. Mm. That's a, he's a country singer. Sounds like a country singer. Yeah, Randy Lofton. Or a painkiller. Yeah. What is the act of Lofton? 10 milligrams of Lofton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 10 milligrams. No, that's it's not a painkiller. No, that's, Rand- that's antidepressant. No, well, no. Randy, <laughs> I mean, the 10 milligrams of Lofton is like the, what you call it, but then when you drop the pill, it's a Randy lo- Lofton. Oh, it's yeah. dirty. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I heard he drops them on purpose. Yeah. yeah. In the shower. Yeah. In that's, prison. That's when Randy Lofton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oops, I lost my pill. I guess I'm depressed. Somebody better come cheer me up. (laughs) Hey, guys. Who wants a Randy Lofton? (laughs) Um, Then we have not... Lakers fanatic twenty four. Okay, nah. I mean, you got your shout out. Just go home. <laughs> <laughs> get out here with that sports ball stuff. Just go. Just go, just use your name. Not like your Xbox. <laughs> what? Just use your name on here. Not like yeah. your Xbox. Yeah, name. This is, yeah, yeah. Handles. Yeah. Well, they're scared. Yeah, they're scared. Right. Cancels yeah. Patreon right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Fuck you out of here. Fuck you. I've been waiting for a year Fuck for that. You. I mean, yeah. what if it was somebody with no legs that all they want to do is play basketball and they can't? Different story. Yeah. They failed twice yeah. then. Yeah. Or, or what if his name is Lakers, Lakers Fanatic 24, 24 really, Smith? What, no, it's, <laughs> it's Lakers Fanatic 24 because they're only two foot, four inches tall mm. and they could never play basketball. Uh, you can still play basketball. No, you can't. Never. <laughs> True. Yeah. Never. You can be the basketball. I just hope it's some person like, I guess I don't hope this, <laughs> but, but what if it's like, what if that's like really their name? Like their parents, their parents like named his him. dad was a yeah, huge Lakers fanatic and just named his child Lakers fanatic yeah, 24. No the, last name. Like that's just, this it's the blended yeah. ESPN. Yeah. ESPN. Yeah. You know, that's that, just this person's yeah. name. That could be, yeah. it really, it really could be. Could the be. only dribbling he's doing is on a shirt. <laughs> I like that. All right. Cliff Lyons. Cliff Lyons. Yeah. Is that really his name? It's like a mountain so. goat. He's like a mountain goat, but he's a Cliff Lion. <laughs> <laughs> he's all meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> it's exit, me up here. <laughs> exit stage left. Meow. <laughs> Is that a Cliff Lion? Is that, I hear a Cliff Lion. <laughs> No. (laughs) 
<laughs> the tour guide's like, if everybody quiets down right now, you can hear the sound of a cliff line. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a majestic beast. <laughs> Note the pot belly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, there you go, Cliff Lyons. <laughs> and then we have Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Did he ask a question? Yeah, it's a yeah. tough act to follow that there. Yeah, yeah it is. He asked one of the questions. Yeah. I that's that's I the story of so. Matt Flynn's life. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. The guy before yeah. me is always more impressive. Yeah. He's way better than me. <laughs> he's, just, he's just fucking super negative. At the talent show, yeah. he's like, he juggled three balls? Oh. <laughs> I only have two. <laughs> I can do an impression of a cliff lion. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> so thank you, right. patrons, uh, yes. for the support. Uh, helps us out, means a lot. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, and so, as always, we are a member of the Podbelly Network. If you want to know more about podcasting, if you have an upstart podcast that you've just started or th- are thinking of starting one, that's a great place to go and uh, sort yep. of add it to the directory. Yep. It's free. It's, it's one more way to get discovered when the more places you have uh, your podcast listed in directories, when someone goes to Google podcasts, like that's one more chance they're going to, you're going to land on it. You know right. They're yeah. going to find you. So do it. Yep. Go add it. It's do free. It. Now do it. Yeah. I had to take a drink of water. I saw that. You're parched. <clears throat> Not anymore. Not anymore. It's still a little, I want to make a cartoon about the cliff land now. <laughs> Adventures of Cliffland. So um, I can't get down. We we were going to talk about it in the bonus episode, but we decided to talk about it here. Mm -hmm. So just so everybody can hear it. So we went on the, uh, if you're not a member of Facebook and uh, you didn't heed the call on uh, the episodes before about the Skolt Overland Death Valley expedition trip. Uh, it was organized by Jonathan Prem, mm-hmm. who has a small company called Rough Roads Overland, and um, he does it on the side. Uh, he sets up trips uh, for overlanding. It's uh, his passion. And um, myself, uh, there was there was four vehicles that went. Um, Jonathan, his girlfriend Lucy, uh, John Canesero, former uh, Sculpt Member of the Month. Mm-hmm. And then um, Kaylee Prebonic, and then myself and my wife. And uh, John uh, was from Orange County. Jonathan is from Oceanside, uh, from Wis- way of Wisconsin. So he's from Wisconsin originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kaylee flew in from Ohio. Oh, wow. Rented a Jeep and off-roaded for the first time. Uh, oh, cool. She does backpacking and stuff. So it was a new adventure for her. Um, and man... It was a really fun time. It was a small intimate group and um, there were camp showers. So, you know, it goes on there, Brent. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it it was a really, really fun time. um, And I'm really grateful for the chance to have went. uh, And this podcast kind of provided that for me. So, um, you know, being able to do something different, do do something new. Yeah. Um, I know Brent wanted to go, uh, but I the did. life just didn't, you know, the life right. got in the way, the life got in the way. And that's, and that's fine. Uh, we did some awesome things. We, we traveled around. Uh, I mean, we, we put a lot of miles in, we really did overland. And, um, I mean, death Valley for us is right up North of us right. uh, a little bit to the East. I've never been, 
It's like Mars. Have you been there? <laughs> Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. Saturn. So, um, but yeah, it was really, really awesome. Um, just a fun time. No, no stress. Um, everything was well organized and, uh, it's just, a just a, it was a great adventure. Yeah. So, uh, and I know, uh, John Canchero had expressed how grateful he was to have went and he can't, he said he can't even put it into words. Right. Um, how yeah. awesome of a time he had. Um, so, I do want to give uh, Jonathan a shout out. I was, I was actually, I'm slacking. Um, I was going to do his rough roads. So he is at rough roads overland on Instagram. Uh, you can go there and check out some pictures and um, some of his adventures. I mean, they're crazy. Uh, him and his girlfriend stayed behind. We went to a, a mine and it is, we, we explore mines all the time. We go to the desert and uh, you know, we find a mine and we go in and usually they're, you know, you can go back in them and stuff. And, uh, he took us to a mine, uh, very remote and, uh, not hard to get to, but it was very remote, pretty awesome camp spot. Um, you know, beautiful starry nights, very dark. Right. Right. And, uh, this mine was just, I mean, <clears throat> maybe miles of tunneling and caverns and stuff. Uh, I mean, there was just tons of things in there. So, um, very cool. Uh, a lot of sites, I think we hit, I mean, I don't know, seven, eight, nine different destinations. We hit, uh, multiple off-road trails. Uh, it was just, it was, it was super fun. Um, very organized again, like I said, um, where did you shit? Um, buckets and holes and whatnot caves. Yeah. Jonathan took a shit in a cave. Um, yeah. (laughs) How many times did you have to shit while you were gone? Uh, well, I was lucky enough. Uh, there's bathrooms in death Valley, like every once in a while, but I was lucky enough. We stopped in Nevada. We, we, we camped in Nevada. So we started in like Baker area, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of 20 miles in remote location, um, uh, towards the park. Um, but outside, and then we went into, um, you know, we did all our sites and stuff and then went into the dunes, uh, Ar- Armagosa dunes in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And then we went into, uh, Betty, Nevada. Um, and there, and luckily enough, I had to shit when we were at the gas station, nice. uh, fueling up. So that was perfect. Um, and then, um, again, by the time we were going home on Sunday, another one came. So I was good. So I actually didn't have to shit in the woods. Right. Um, but yeah, we had like yeah, little anyone, toilet buckets and stuff. Did and anyone people... sing CB4? What's that? Love to squeeze it, love to hug it, take a shit in a bucket, straight out of low cash. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so it's the best. Yeah, no, if was... you have to shit in a bucket, it's the best to sing. Yeah, that. It gets it out. Yeah, it's yeah. Door of the Explorer. They have the shit song. You know, so <laughs> I still haven't seen. That. <laughs> yeah, so it was a fun time, and and we're planning another one. Um, or we're, I should say, he's gonna try and plan another one. Uh, we have a few different options. He gave us uh, Southern Colorado. We could do um, Utah or the Sequoias, and um, which any of those for me would be super cool. Um, but obviously, we want to include more people, and we're looking at doing this in the middle of the year sometime um, in the summer. So uh, look out for that if you're interested. I know a few people who wanted to go couldn't go this trip, so hopefully they'll be able to make yeah. the next trip. Yeah. And uh, But just I had never done anything, and I know a lot of people had some reservations about it. But, um, if you have reservations, just throw them away and, um, and get on board with the next trip and let's do it. So super fun. Knock it out. Yep. You're going to post anything. Yeah. There's going to be pictures. He's doing video and stuff. So, um, that drone footage was cool. Yeah. So so I got, I sent a picture to, um, uh, Sam Culper, Mm -hmm. uh, to maybe get it as the header for the group. So we'll see what, I don't know if he got it yet or not, but, um, yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty awesome. 
That sounds dope. So outdoor, outdoor meetup. Yep. Yep. Camping. Actually, all inspired by Brett Gonzalez, I want to say, um, because she, she had talked didn't about. Even go. She didn't. She couldn't go. She wanted to. She right. wants to. So yeah. uh, maybe the next Hopefully one. Hopefully next do, time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time uh, yeah. she'll be able to make it. So yeah. cool. Okay. So topic. Did we cover all our all our bases? I think so. All so, our yeah. beeswax. So. Got to third base. Let's so, see if we can hit a home run. We'll hit a home run with with Quincy Jones. Yeah. So where'd the where'd the topic float from? That'll be easy. Uh, I think honestly on this was me just looking for like top documentaries on Netflix, like what's right. hot topics right now. And I I really didn't know. I knew the name Quincy Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I was fairly familiar with like, oh, that's Quincy Jones. If I saw it, I could I would know who he was, but I did not realize who Quincy Jones was. I knew, I mean, I knew a lot about Quincy. I knew Quincy Jones was the shit. I know he was a huge influence in music for decades and television and film. And I mean, I know he was just a media mogul. Um, I know that he, like, there's really fucking badass, like, jazz in the 60s. That's him and his band and his orchestra. And so I, I knew a bit about him, but even doing the research, I was like, fuck, I didn't know that, though. Oh, I didn't know that, though. Yeah, the doc on though. Netflix, just called Quincy, uh, was directed by his daughter, Rashida, who is Karen from The Office, and she's yeah, from Rashida, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Rashida um, Stone. Yeah. She was yeah. in The Office? Yeah. yeah like she's she's out of The Office, five. too. I don't remember that yeah. at all. Did you finish The Office? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's Jim's love interest for a while. Hmm. I don't remember that at all. Really? No. Yeah, you need to watch it again, bro. No, but, uh, yeah, I Watch your mouth. I've watched it plenty. I don't want to shut up. Good show. I like it. I'm not. What is it? Nothing. Office. Nothing. Uh, Garbage. (laughs) If I got to sit here and listen to him talk shit about Kurt Russell, you got to sit here and listen to him talk shit about The Office. You love Kurt Russell like I I love The Office. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Fucking Uh Snake Plissken. When I call Mm. someone on my phone, it fucking says Snake Plissken. That's right. I helped you do that. Yeah. Gay. I see what's happening. All right. I, I never talk shit about Kurt Russell for the record. I'm not talking shit about the office. Well, I don't know why you got to like recycle it over to me. You got to throw his shit at me. <laughs> he threw a turd at you. Brad's I, like this, I don't even have to talk shit. And it's happening. Like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. like no, it's imaginary yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. that, that documentary is great. Also, you can watch the behind the music on him. Uh, on, and holy fuck. Does she look like her mother? Yeah, man, dude, all the women. He was with just beautiful God models, damn, dude. dude. It's unbelievable. And you don't feel like he's that good looking of a dude, but he's Quincy motherfucking Jones, yeah. though. Like, he's a pimp, like, for sure. He's in smooth talking, cool as fuck. Shit, though, he, was, he was a good looking oh, yeah. brother, you know? Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I some, I'm thinking, like, I'd keep picturing 80 fucking yeah, 70 80, year old Quincy yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the no, I do, music's I, super good. I do want to watch that documentary. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of documentaries, but just watching Rashida Jones get interviewed because I didn't know she, she was Quincy Jones's daughter until she did like Conan O'Brien needs a friend like a month and a half ago or something. She seems like, to be oh, a little fuck, bit of that's... a favorite too. Like, I mean, I know she directed the documentary, but you, you see like he refers to her a lot. Like you see her in the pictures a lot. Like he's with her a lot. Right. Um, I mean, what a weird mix of a family because he's got kids with so many different yeah. women and those are all like, they're all sisters and, and a brother, you know, it's just like, and they're from crazy age ranges, you know, some yeah. of them are fucking yeah. 50 years old and there's like a six year old kid yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Cause he ain't quitting his girlfriend right now. I, if, I don't know how old that was, but his girlfriend look like she's 22 for sure and it's just and, and so pregnant. behind the music yeah. on there the yeah. quincy one on netflix multiple interviews um they hear him and rashida did an episode of carpool karaoke which is super cool oh i'll have to look yeah so that. there's like a, there's that. like a 23 minute episode of yeah. them singing and doing carpool karaoke which was really cool yeah there's plenty out there on him so for people who don't know a bunch about him like i 
I knew about him because Fuzzy loved him, like loved his music, loved his whole career, celebrated his entire catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was just like super hot for him because she had jungle fever and thought he <laughs> yeah, was a, thought he was a bad brother. Um, but he's a record producer, a musician, a film producer. Um, he was close friends with Ray Charles since he was fucking fourteen. Um, he did he did over fifty scores for movies. Which is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like Jesus Christ! It's, it's kind of unheard of for it's, it's got a million million dollar idea. Mm. Ray Charleston shoes. Mm. You close your eyes and bite into it, and every bite's a different flavor. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, you I can't like see what lot. flavor they're all. Yeah, you can't yeah. see. Yeah, 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 they're all the same yeah. color. The wrappers yep. are all the same. Right. Yep. It's like I a like, mystery, like yeah, a mystery yeah, yeah. airhead. I like it a lot. But every bite's different. I yeah. like it a lot. Um, Fifty <laughs> scores. He wrote the the song for Samford and Son, which is fucking dope. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he like, I mean, I, it might be too bold of a statement, but I feel like he kind of made Michael Jackson. Yeah. He has some crosswords about Michael Jackson being greedy and some weirdness that happened. But with it's, that. it's like Michael Jackson was big. I mean, the Jackson five was big, but those, his three albums that defined him were all Quincy Jones albums. I can't think of the song uh, yeah. that it was, but there's an interview with Quincy, and I think it was on the main documentary, talking about how Michael would be like, hey, I need you to take off the violin parts, throw my, throw me off. like, And he's like, fuck no. And it's like, it's the one, like, <laughs> don't stop till you get enough or yeah. whatever, where it starts like, like yeah. the beginning thing, it's that riff. Michael Jackson wanted it out. Yeah. And Quincy Jones is like, fuck no. No, that's staying. Yeah. That's the hook. And it was, that was the, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the thing that's you know. you remember. Right. And yeah, that's right. Quincy Jones. Exactly. You know what I mean? So exactly. he did something like Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, Aretha Crazy. Franklin. Frank Sinatra loved Dion. that man, dude. Frank yeah, Sinatra looked down like he was a fucking kid or brother, like a father figure thing. He's still to this day, the gold ring that is on his pinky. Is from Frank Sinatra, yeah. and he points it out in every fucking interview. Yeah, he's, I have to give him credit for fucking being like butter thinly spread over fucking toast. Story one thousand fucking times. Like he, I, you would think he would just be over it. I watched so many interviews, and they're like, "So tell me how you got started." And he'd be like, "Well, you know, I was a young kid. I wanted to be a gangster, and I was in Chicago. Like telling all these fucking stories. He tells the same fucking story. He's got it down, right? But he still like <laughs> smiles and laughs and yeah. tells it with the same enthusiasm. Right. He's not just like running yeah, through the motions." Right. He's awesome. He helped launch Mad TV and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Vibe Magazine is him. Vibe Magazine, Source Magazine. Um, That Fresh Prince story is crazy. This guy's kind of like Jimmy Iovine. Like you don't realize that this one person is behind all of this shit that you know and love. Or you know what I mean? You're at least familiar with. For sure. Did we talk about the Fresh Prince story on here or did I just see it in like an interview? I don't really know anything about it. If you Google the Fresh Prince story about how he became the Fresh Prince, it's so cool. Like Quincy Jones called him in this room with all these fucking executives because Quincy Jones had an idea for Will Smith. And he sits him down in the room and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it on Monday. He's like, no, no one's leaving this room until we have a deal and like close the deal. And like Will Smith was just, you know, the Fresh Prince and with DJ Jazzy Jeff. Right. And he left with a TV show because Quincy Jones, it was his idea and he wanted that shit to happen. And he made like, yeah. you yeah. know, some, some executives yeah. close yeah. on it yeah. and made that happen. And they were doing this fucking crazy thing for like the black Smithsonian or something. And this is how highly he thinks of Will Smith. He, they're like, who do you want there? Quincy, he's like, let me think. Oprah, Will, Jazzy. And he was like, what, like jazz or some shit? I was like, he picked fucking Oprah, Will Smith, and DJ Jazzy Jeff for the first three on his fucking list. And then he jumped into like Colin Powell. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? He just picked Will Smith yeah. and Oprah yeah. yep. right off the top. Yep. He made Oprah too, yeah. 
He discovered yeah, kinda, Oprah. Kind of, yeah. 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 She did. said it. Yeah, did, she, she yeah. said it in an interview. Yeah. Um, 80 Grammy nominations, most nominated in history with 28 wins. That's crazy. He's won 28 fucking Grammys. That's that's a... Pretty Dude, remarkable. The tour, in that movie, you see his house and you see the records and all the fucking Michael Jackson shit, all the fucking Grammys, and it just it looks like our whiskey wall, yeah, but with Grammys. With Grammys like, Holy yeah. shit, yeah. dude! And I was like, but he, you know, and you always hear about stuff like this, and it's like, yeah, but they probably squandered it, and it's like beyond the music, like, but where are they now? It's like where they are now is the motherfuckers worth five hundred million dollars, and dude, he's totally fine. He was and in he's still interview? making music, and yeah. he's still scoring movies. He was eighty five in the interview I watched, which has been a few years. I think he's eighty seven now or something. I think he's eighty seven. Yeah, he was like, like so what? What's next? He's like, I got two movies going. I'm producing this. I'm hosting this. I just wrote this. I'm signing a new artist. And he's like in the mix too. Oh, dude, totally. Like with young fucking yeah. people, dude. Yep. He's yep. all he's all up in it. So he was born on the south side of Chicago, way the fuck back in 1933. Um, son of uh probably lower middle class, I would guess, a bank manager and uh that was a carpenter, semi-professional baseball player and carpenter. And I remember, like, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, when I was first doing the research, I was like, when I announce him and I say when he was born, because that's always when you learn what their middle name is. I was like, I'm going to make up some fucking ridiculous middle name. You don't need to. I don't fucking need to. His middle name is fucking Delight. Yeah. <laughs> that's goddamn awesome. Quincy Delight Quincy Jones. Delight Jones. Junior. Yeah, sounds like one was, of our patrons. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, uh, straight up, uh, slave family. I mean, his, his, uh, grandmother was an ex slave from Louisville. Um, and he ended up doing, he was on one of those TV shows where they trace your lineage and he was able to trace it back to a particular slave owner that impregnated a particular slave and he, he could kind of follow the whole thing back. Um, and his mom was super religious, would sing him religious songs um, and his neighbor also uh, would sing religious songs. She got taken away in a straight jacket when he was like between the ages of five and seven. Yeah, his mom. And she's a trip, she's schizophrenic, man. right? They show her and she looks wild, man. Like she's so skinny. And they show her in some videos where she shows back up every couple years, I guess, and wants to like fucking see the kids and visit the family when she's like, right. when she's straight and like trying to be normal. And I guess it's like a super anxiety stressor for him because he's uncomfortable, hmm. but she looks, she looks strange, man. Like she, you can tell something's off. And then right. I was like, then it came around like, Oh yeah, my mom was mentally ill and got taken away in a straight jacket when I was seven years old. Fuck. They got like left on the fucking street trying to be little gangsters. They ran fucking like, uh, like at age eight, they were like stealing honey from some armory place and like slinging honey and like stealing, <laughs> stealing all the shit. So that's what's so cool is like, he tells that story a million times because I saw in your notes that it says like Ray Charles and, uh, and introduced him to music, but him and a bunch of little kids were like breaking into this armory place because they knew that there was going to be lemon meringue pies. Stephen Colbert has a really funny interview with him about the, the he's like, oh, you guys sound gangster. Lemon meringue pie has gangster <laughs> written all over it. And so he's trying to ask, uh, he's trying to ask Quincy what instrument he plays. And he just keeps telling the story because he's on like hit play tell my story about how when I was little, I wanted to be a gangster. We broke into the army. We got limber meringue pie and we're going room to room. We're breaking the rooms. Cause that's how crazy we were. We were gangsters when we were little. He just kept saying it. And he's like, so what instrument was it? Was it like piano trumpet? And like, he keeps on going. He's like, you know, my daddy was a carpenter, worked for the Jones boys, real well-known criminal family. Just, he has his thing. He's going to go through right. all the steps right. on the way of the story. He won't skip apart. And then finally he broke into a room and found a piano and this is out of his mouth. And I watched the story in an interview, like five different interviews. And he finds a piano, leaves the room and something like 
compelled him to go back in and he walked back into the room and like played the piano. And he said that like, he felt it at like a cellular level. Like he knew like, I'm going to play music. And like, he went to school the next day or something and started playing like fucking, I don't know, a bunch of shit, like baritone, all these different saxophones and brass Mm -hmm. instruments. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he said he picked some certain instrument because he got to be next to the girls. And so right. then that was it. He, he, he and he's a fucking amazing, like a prodigy, dude. Oh, he Th- is. Dude. Thirteen years old, or thirteen or fourteen years old. He's running around with Ray Charles, playing in fucking clubs, yeah. like playing real fucking shows. And he said Ray Charles wouldn't let him stick to a certain genre. Like they would go play like fucking Jewish bar mitzvahs, and then they go fucking <laughs> play jazz shit at this fucking place, and they go to this fucking nightclub and play fucking bebop, and, and like they were just right. no matter what, like they'd switch it up. And I know his he went to college on a scholarship for the saxophone but um but he fucking just played everything dude they show him sit down at piano and he's like so fucking old now and he just he's still getting it man yeah. he's moving he's t- walking yep. talking dancing around yep. when he walks out on stage for interviews i mean sometimes you see him sitting in like a, a wheelchair yeah but I th- that's just because like he lost his breath or something right that motherfucker's right. still yeah. going yeah so his dad moved to seattle in the 40s uh so he could get work in the naval shipyards for world war ii um and that was when he started. That's when he learned how to play the trumpet. Um, he and a friend of his started playing in the National Reserve Band, whatever the hell that is. Um, and I think he played the trumpet in that band. But then that was uh, uh, when he was 14, he got in a car wreck and four of his friends died in the car wreck. And oh, um, he apparently he's, he never drove a car like in his life. I didn't catch that, but I could see yeah. that. That's some yeah. trauma. Yeah, he said he's so traumatized he never it's learned how to drive. Richie Valens never get yeah. on a plane. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, at 14, he met uh, Ray Charles, who was 16, um, playing at the Black Elks Club. And uh, they were both kind of trying to break into music together, like to get, a, to get a start. And Ray Charles started fucking young. Like he was already recording songs and shit when he was in the teens because he was amazing. like yeah that he is amazing he's a prodigy too um, i mean yeah. he's just he lost uh, his genius. eyesight at like i didn't i thought he was always blind he lost it when he was like six or yeah. something oh I didn't you never yeah. seen the movie Mm-mm. it's a good movie i did but i don't remember that part that's jamie fox yeah yeah um yeah quincy said that he's like nah that wasn't right he's like he told some parts about these like it's like having the movie he's like nah i didn't have like nah. that yeah well of course not yeah. it's, it's you know and Ray, I guess Ray Charles got him on heroin at 15. Ray Charles got him on heroin. You know, he sold good shit, man. He said that he got so high he fell down of uh, five flights of stairs and then realized he shouldn't do heroin anymore. Guess who their dealer was? Did you see this? Uh-uh. This is a trip. I couldn't believe he fucking called it out like this. He said Malcolm X was their dealer. Yeah, what and he hung fuck? out in front. Oh of a, yeah, yeah. He hung out in front of a hotel and they called him Red, like Red, something like da- Colorado Red, Daytona Red, something like that. Some yeah, some nickname like that. And he wore these fucking pimp ass fucking zoot suits and sold them fucking heroin. I was like, that makes dude, sense. That, that really pre- Mars the fucking like, no, because no, that's no, part that's of the whole story because then he goes X, to jail yeah. and he finds the nation of uh, Islam that's in jail. He, that's and he what reads he the jail. He learns yeah. how to read in jail. That's right. Like that's right. Go, yeah. I actually watched, I watched the yep. movie. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so that was their dealer. What yeah. a weird fucking thing. Like all dude. those people became so fucking, prominent, dude. Yeah. Yes. Just some little kids running around the street. that found a fucking piano. Ray Charles goes blind, had no fucking hope. You know what I mean? Like a blind little black kid in the time of fucking crazy yeah. oppression and fucking racism. Yep. And he's such a musician that he yeah. fucking overcomes it. Right. Meets fucking Quincy Jones. And those motherfuckers get on heroin, which should have been the end of the fucking story. Right. right? From Malcolm <laughs> it, it X. It was a different time. From Malcolm yeah, yeah, yeah. X, who got yeah. arrested for drug dealing. And then he flips that shit around. All, all three of those motherfuckers overcame and became some of the most prominent historical figures 
that we all fucking know about. Like, I mean, household I, names. I would link the 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 Quincy Jones and Ray Charles thing. Like, I don't think that's going to be a fluke. They met dozens and dozens music, of people yeah. trying to get into music. And when they met each other, they were like, this is the only motherfucker that gets what I'm talking about. Right. Like Ray Charles is the only one that can keep up with me. And Ray Charles is like, oh, Quincy's the only one. Like, I can see why right. they would have had that bond. But the odds of them getting their fucking smack from <laughs> Malcolm, Malcolm X, X yeah. is crazy. Um, same area. You yep. know what I mean? Or whatever. Yep. Somebody, he had to give it to somebody. Yeah, exactly. So uh, 1951, he gets a scholarship to Seattle University where he meets Clint Eastwood yeah. and they're in the same band together and he becomes lifelong friends with Clint Eastwood. Like, See, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> like chosen people, dude. Yeah. You're right. The universe. It's, it's almost yeah. like he has the Midas touch. You right. know what I mean? Like, is it, is he the variable? You know what I mean? Like, I just, again, I'm, I'm just like, cause he's the, he's like the producer of all producers. And as a producer, your gift as a good producer is to be the one that can find the talent. You see the talented motherfucker, you believe in him, you back him and you produce their shit. It's like, he probably hung out with all these fucking people in this band. And even though it wasn't for music, he met Clint Eastwood and was like, that's the one right there out of all the people in, in this fucking college. He's the one who's going to go somewhere. Like, I think, I don't know that he had the Midas touch as much as he had the vision. Like yeah. he could see the gold. Like he was like, that's the guy right, right. there. You know, he met Ray Charles. That's the guy right there. Right. For that matter, he probably had a hundred drug dealers he could go to. And he was like, Nope, I'm going back to, red that's the right. fucking guy right there you know i don't know i feel like he had the eye you think for, clint eastwood fucking talked all weird when he was a teenager oh for sure yeah he's, he's a little yeah. Like, shit yeah. yeah get off my monkey bars yeah, he's exactly. just like fucking <laughs> <laughs> that's my red wagon <laughs> um exactly so he uh ends up going to the berkeley college of music in boston um on a different scholarship and he starts to play at some bars there and so forth and um while he's there in college, he meets Lionel Hampton, which might not be a name that means much to a lot of people. But if you're big into jazz, especially if you're into big band, Lionel Hampton's a pretty fucking big name. Like, and I, you know, I don't think many people will have much risk of this, but I fell into a pretty fucking deep Lionel Hampton rabbit hole when I was researching this Quincy Jones. Cause I want, I was like, Oh, I want to find some footage of like a young Quincy Jones playing in the big band. And I just so love that Lionel type of music. Hamilton came and, up and he's just like, and he plays the vibes. He plays the, the xylophone and he just fucking knocks that and he sings. And it's like, you just see this big band and that's it's a like, that's a trip. It just looks to play so fun, dude. The whole band looks like they're just having so much fun. Every single song. And they're all just singing. The and guy in the xylophone is not usually singing. That's oh, a weird and thing. He is. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking singing and playing that. And he was the guy who ran the band. Dude, people on xylophone are fucking crazy, dude. To hit that with such accuracy. Oh, dude. It's and they'll double up and shit and be yeah. hitting multiple things. People so even crazy. if you don't fall into a rabbit hole, I recommend looking at a, at a Lionel Hampton the, I ended up going out. Uh, the fucking, song Ding Dong Baby, I, that was the one that I was probably the most impressed with was Ding Dong Baby by Lionel Hampton. And I know Quincy's in the video, but I couldn't spot which one he was. Like the, the camera's just bouncing around, but it's just fucking crazy fun music. And I'm just picturing like being at a, at a big club in the fucking late fifties and watching this, yeah. you know, and it would just, it that just would have happened, been man. amazing. Happened, it would have yeah. been amazing. What's up that picture of fuzzy and fucking, uh, Martin Luther King It's fucking eyeballing fuzzy. Did you see <laughs> no, what I posted? No, that's the wrong side. Oh, you said on the left side, the left side. Oh, fuzzy's okay. on the far. Yeah. Fuzzy's on the far other side with a little Hitler mustache. Oh, I gotta look at, I gotta yeah. look it back up. I thought yeah. he was looking on the other side. The funny thing is I like when fuzzy died at his funeral, 
a guy um, who's my half brother, whose whose name is it's not his real name, but it's what we call it's what everybody calls him. His name is Dirty Red, <laughs> and he um, he reached out to us. He came out to the funeral, and um, he he's I don't know twelve years older than I. He's like significantly older than I am because Fuzzy was pretty old. And, um, the guy who Martin Luther King is mad dogging, like right next to him, the super tall, skinny guy in that photo, that's dirty reds, quote unquote father. Okay. And I guess like three years before fuzzy died, when his father was like on death's door, he was like, boy, I'm not really a father. <laughs> Fuzzy's your father. Oh, <laughs> so Martin Luther King is mad dogging dirty red's father. Who wasn't really his father. Cause it was fuzzy. <laughs> wow. What a yeah. fucking trip yeah. that you're like, even in that mix, like you're, you're fucking a couple degrees, you're like one degree away from yeah. fucking Martin Luther King. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty crazy. But yeah. And fuzzy's account of the story was that was when he was in college and that Martin Luther King they were basically brought in by the local, I don't know who, the local black people <laughs> to protect <laughs> Martin Luther King when he was there talking Damn. because Fuzzy and his group were like, they were like the Black Panther militant, like not on his side, but they were like, we got your back. Like, we're right. going to get you to the event. You're going to give your speech. We're going to get you out of town. Like, don't worry about it. But that was their that was their uh, whole thing. So I don't think Martin Luther King was thrilled to be there because they were a different flavor of protester. But um, so at, at 1953, at the age 20, Quincy Jones travels with Lionel Hampton um, and uh, he did a tour in Europe and he said that it really opened and I, in a way that I didn't expect. He had a quote and he talked about the fact that it opened his eyes to racism when he went to Europe. And I was waiting for him to be like, because once you get to Europe, you don't see black people being oppressed. But he was like, no, you get to Europe and you see that the fucking Swedes hate the Danes and the Koreans hate the Japanese. And yeah. the, he was like, everybody's it's just a different type. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Instead of instead of white and black <laughs> fighting each other, it's the it's fucking different cultures, different, <clears throat> right. different places. Yeah. Dying over here. Um, but so he, he tours at 20 with, uh, keep in mind with like a hot shit, like top band leader at the time. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get this 20 year old kid, take him out of college. And he's going to, he's going to play for me. Um, so they would have to like eat in the kitchen and shit. Like, oh yeah, it was fucked up, man. Yeah. But he said Frank Sinatra during that time fucking ended racism for him in like a fucking year. Like he brought in a fucking bunch of fucking mafia mobster dudes and fucking, they said, no, people are coming in, like, let, they're let black guests in, fucking, nobody's eating in the fucking kitchen. And they like, did the same thing with Sammy Davis them. Jr., mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, they put, yeah, with Sammy, he, he named mm-hmm. a couple people, but yeah, Frank Sinatra, man, he loves that fucking dude. Yeah. Apparently he's a good guy. He said, he said something funny, he said, Frank had no gray. He was like, he would, if he was your friend, he was your friend, he was your fucking friend and he died for you. Like, he, uh, when, uh, when Quincy was in Europe... Um, he had a kid or something. I can't remember which kid it was. Uh, like Q3. Oh, he had, he calls him Q3 because it's uh, Quentin or Quincy the third. And so uh, when he got home from Europe from doing that tour, there was a bond from Frank Sinatra in a letter that said like his appreciation to him. And he said, here's your kid's college fund. And he gave him a bond that was enough to put his, his kid through school and college Damn. for his whole life. And he said his son actually has that hanging on his wall, like a letter from Frank Sinatra and like a picture of the bond or something. Huh. 
Like and that was when he that was when he toured when he with got, Frank Sinatra. No, when he came back from Europe, because he'd already been something with Frank Hampton Sinatra. Tour. When he came back from Europe, this would have been a, later, though. Yeah, so he must have had another European tour. Yeah, but yeah. Frank Sinatra bought a, gave him a bond that was enough money for his <clears> son's college. That's crazy. Yeah. Which was nothing to him. Oh, so that my point was, he said he's gray uh, and had no gray. Meaning, if he didn't like you, he'd run you over with a fucking truck. He said, right. <laughs> "Fucking kill you." He was like, "He gave my son a bond, paid for my son's college. He loves me. He's like a brother." But if he didn't like you, he'd run you over with a fucking right, truck. Right. So he gets back to from that tour, and he immediately starts working on a TV show with Tommy Dorsey and Jimmy Dorsey, which again, huge names in big band. They were from back in World War II. Um, he starts playing for them, which again is as good as it gets. And that wasn't even a black band like Lionel Hampton's entire big band is black. So for him to suddenly get pulled into, to, you know, Tommy Dorsey's band is, is a big statement on his skill. Um, and at that point he becomes a gig musician, uh, doing recordings and he actually played trumpet on the first six, um, appearances that Elvis Presley did on television. Hmm. So Quincy Jones is like a back, a background musician for like early Elvis. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but he starts to build up more and more steam. He, uh, he starts to, uh, he becomes the trumpeter and the musical director for Dizzy Gillespie. Who's about as big as it fucking gets in jazz. And this 20 something year old is now his musical director, you know, um, and uh, he ends up starting his own band. He gets a contract to do his own band and he goes back to Paris to study. And um, he said that they toured in, in Europe and he said, quote, we had the best jazz band on the planet and yet we were literally starving. That's when I discovered that there was music and there was the music business. If I were to survive, I would have to learn the difference between the two. Yeah. yeah so, he, said, he said he never did it for money or fame. Um, that was never his goal his whole life. He said, because once you bring uh, money into the room, God walks out. And he was saying like the melody is God's voice. Like he would, he would always say you leave like, I don't know how many, what percentage he said, but like you write the music, he's like, but you leave 30% room basically for whatever magic to happen. You know what I mean? For whatever right, improvisation right. is going to fucking soul. happen. Like, yeah, that's yeah, the soul. Yeah. That's yeah. the, the soul. That's right. the, gosh, such yeah. that, that documentary is so good, man. It shows a bunch of old no, recording really studio sessions it. and you see Michael Jackson in there. You see just all kinds of shit, man. It's yeah. really cool. So this is about when, so he gets a job at Mercury Records to find more talent, to produce more talent. Um, and this is when he, in 1958, he, he first works with Frank Sinatra because Princess Grace invites Quincy Jones to arrange a concert in her honor and Frank Sinatra's there. And that's when he first meets Frank and they click with each other. And, um, this must be back from when he's back from Europe. After yeah. This, this was the yeah. second. Yeah. This must've been when this jazz band couldn't quite make it, you know? And, um, again, like I've seen, like a lot of times I've seen interviews with Frank Sinatra and he, he talks about the arrangement, like every album that he did, he's like, I'm looking for a particular producer. Cause it's like, for the most part, like up, you know, 75% of Sinatra's music were standards. They were songs that already existed and he might have already recorded this one twice on earlier albums, but there's a new arrangement. There's a better producer. There's a new way to phrase the song. There's a new, like, oh, now it's like <clears throat> Bossa Nova is big. I was so just going to say that Bossa Nova, yeah the, yeah. the the beat is different and everything, and he would look for the right arranger to make the next Frank Sinatra album, and he was really big on that. 
And I think that was when he fell in love with Quincy because I think Quincy Jones's arrangements were always exactly what he wanted them to be mm-hmm. and what they needed to be. And they were fresh and all kinds of stuff. And you can see really cool footage of Quincy and Frank working together. There's a lot of a lot he's of young. He's just sitting at the piano smoking a cigarette. And I, and I saw like they were they talked about like Frank Sinatra was like it was a tw- he was like a 22 year old kid. He was like this fucking guy is like I'm used to dealing with these people that are composers and music directors and they're like 50 and 60 and, yeah. and this guy's just like fucking this fucking kid. Yeah, yeah then he's fucking just got kid. it, dude. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Um, so he ended up doing um, like a, just writing sheet music, dude. Like the show him just writing yeah. sheet music, and I'm like, how do you do that? Like he just hears it's, the music in his head to, and just yeah. can write it. You know the like, notes, the notes right. that well. Right. He brought up a good point. There's only 12 notes. Yeah. All music is just 12 notes. That's crazy. And it's just different rhythms and improvisations and octaves and just like arrangement. And mm-hmm. there's just 12 notes. Everybody who ever wrote anything from Beethoven to fucking Miley just Cyrus had, those to had play 12 with. fucking yeah. notes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And he said of Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra took me to a whole new planet. I worked with him until he passed away in 98. He left me his ring. I never take it off. Now when I go to Sicily, I don't need a passport. I just flash my ring. That's a bit much. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. But um, again, it's it's really interesting to see like, you know, young Quincy gets you know, taken under the wing of Frank Sinatra, just like young Michael Jackson gets taken under the wing of Quincy Jones. Right. And it's just like this direct line of incredible talent that cuts through the industry and they all work with each other and know each other. It's like, if you're good enough to be at that level, you're going to be at that level and that's who you're going to hang with. You know what I mean? And I think that was what I didn't know about Quincy Jones. I knew he was a producer. I didn't know so much that he was like just a straight up musical prodigy. Right. I mean, everybody who saw him once was like, fuck, you're hired, dude. Dude, he was doing, the, they showed that we are the world fucking recording. Totally his. And he had a sign that said, check your ego at the door because yep. every one of those motherfuckers uh, was a yeah, superstar. Yeah. And he talked about, they asked him, he's like, yeah, I had to tell 21 of those people that they didn't get a solo. And you're talking about fucking huge yeah. people. You know what I mean? Like, who's not yeah. going to get a solo? Like, who are you going to tell no? Right. And he's like, like, so who'd you have to tell no? He's like, I ain't getting into it. And he didn't want to talk about it now. He didn't want to talk about it now. Yeah. Um, but they were showing him do that arrangement. And he's going there one by one telling these fucking people, Bruce Springsteen, you should be here. Like, you need to be here. Like, he hears it mm-hmm. in that fucking group. And he's mm-hmm. telling them where to be like it's an orchestra. And you see him like, like in the in I the mean, video, it, you see him stand, like pointing at people and, there and, and yeah. he's manipulating the song and making it be exactly what he needs it to be. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, like a director, or somebody who's like writing a script in a movie. You know what I mean? Like you say, like I'm writing this part, and it's this person. Right. You know what I mean? You have an idea. I always wonder, like, if the conductor is. is really doing anything. He's waving a sticker, and like I know he's something. Like, oh, I mean, they're composing. Computer. You know, like that's yeah, that's like, what they're doing. But yeah, if they weren't the there, tempo, what would happen if they I, weren't standing I, I, there? I think. I think what would happen is something that I don't have an ear sophisticated enough to notice. Right. But people. Yeah. Because would, he's like, you know what I mean? You know, raising the violins, right. you know, like right. he's like, you know, right. they're, they're going on cue with his, his mm-hmm. movements. It's you just know? we are the world. It's like the yeah. violins are Kenny Rogers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know what dude. I mean? It's like, like yeah. Cindy Lauper goes yeah. down. Uh-huh. You're going to go up. Yeah. Michael Jackson now, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's like, yeah, just, just doing, doing that. Um, then he goes to New York and he works with Sarah Vaughn, Dinah Washington, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, uh, Ray Charles, who who comes back around and starts to work with them. Um, he works with Dizzy Gillespie's big band tours overseas. And then this whole time, he's also recording his own music. And um, I think the like you can the the crazy like dance number 
in Austin Powers. Yeah, that's Bossa like, Nova. That's that's the yeah, that's one of it. That's from his Bossa Nova yeah. album. But like that's the type of music that he made, like this really unique, cool jazz um that uh there's there's nothing like it like that he just had his own sound so he uh in 1961 he becomes a vice president for mercury records um and uh the same year uh, a director named uh i never remember how to pronounce his last name sydney lumet or sydney lumet i know he's like a big director but i'm not very familiar probably with lumet. his stuff probably sounds lumet. fancier yeah it sounds fancier um but he asked uh, Quincy Jones to do the score for his movie. And that was like the beginning of the next phase, you know, and, and like then, black dudes didn't do musical scores. No, dude, like that was a big all. deal. Yeah, for him to pull it off. Yeah. And they a lot of firsts. He, yep. he didn't sleep for days at a time. And he was talking about doing the work and the work ethic about like tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. 118 people are going to be standing there looking at me. He's like, and I have to have music for him. Right. And he's just fucking sitting there, chain smoking cigarettes, right. Right. flipping through fucking pages, just fucking ink and pen. And like, you wrote that shit on a yeah. fucking yes. piece of paper yep. and then spit it out for 118 musicians. Yeah. Like he wrote strings and brass and fucking percussion. He wrote all that shit. Yes. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and he did 50, he's done 50 scores since then, you know, and I was like, even one little tidbit that I read was that uh, Steven Spielberg in his entire <laughs> career has only worked with three composers to score his movies and Quincy Jones is one of them. Wow. Like that kind of mm. tells you the level. And they're just looking in this little fucking projector box, dude, like a little like four by six fucking projector box that has the movie. And he's like looking at like, mm, I hear more strings. Yeah. Like you're, you're watching <laughs> ET or some shit yeah. in a little yeah. box like that with no sound. Right. And that's how you're scoring it. That's so impressive. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, he starts to do TV shows. He starts to do the themes for various TV shows in the sixties. um, he works with fucking Ella Fitzgerald, Peggy Lee, um, the just and I mean anybody at this point like we can just quit naming names because right. he just anybody it's who everybody. was hot at the time he was working with he was producing he was leading their their but again that's what's weird is it's like he wasn't just producing albums they were also hiring him to like be the the head of their tour in in europe or their american tour and to do a tv show that they were you know oh i just got a tv show on cbs can you run the band for me and i mean anything that had to do with music he was getting hired to do not just producing he i still think that's on the fucking yeah. pulse like he's yeah. doing some shit with like little nas x or whatever that fucking whatever that song Old is town road yeah, th yeah that was like something to do with quincy because quincy yeah. presented him with this fucking award for <clears throat> a million records sold or whatever right right um and even like little things like that song it's my party and i'll cry that like, was the first like, person he that was his first artist that he like took under his right like wing and tried to do something with and she just had like four back-to-back -back, mm -hmm. like smash Bangers. breakout hits yeah. you know because of quincy you he know? said something funny uh he was in an interview with i think khalid or someone and he was like uh he was like you could have the the best song the best song could make the worst singer in the world a superstar and the worst song in the world you could have the three best singers in the world and you couldn't do shit with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at, look at fucking love shack. Yeah. And like fucking, I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, it's definitely true. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. the, the catchy, Yep. I mean, look at the the fucking, it, it's a Barbie world, that fucking that song. You know what I mean? Like it's a catchy bullshit song. Right. Teenage but dirtbag. bag. Somehow it blew up and right. it became this fucking, fucking sensation. I'm blue song. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm blue. I would, yeah, but and I they just yeah. weren't good enough Potatoes, to do anything that else that mattered, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
1975, he founds Quest Productions um, and uh, <clears throat> produces a lot of the Frank Sinatra albums in the 70s through Quest Productions. And he, um, which would have been kind of a big deal in 1975 to start your own production company. You're like directly butting heads with Motown. Like yeah. you're, I mean, you're starting some shit like where there's not much room to grow and he fucking grows, you know? And um, he scores uh, Roots, the TV show Roots in 1977 and he wins a Grammy for it. And that kind of elevated him to the next level. Like Roots was just a cultural phenomenon. Like it was based on the books, but it was just like, it was the only thing anyone was talking about for like a year when I remember Roots came hearing out, about you know, it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so he scored it, um, which I think is what ultimately leads to him doing the color purple and working with Oprah and Steven Spielberg. That's probably a direct through line from Roots, you know. Um, in 1978, he produces um, The Wiz. Fucking fantastic. I don't know about uh, that. Fucking I don't, fantastic. I haven't watched it Oh, my all. God. So good, I've dude. seen parts of it. Yeah. So good. It is so good. It's so fucking weird. Michael Jackson and is such is a weird guy. It is so man. black. Yeah. And it is so strange. But I grew up, it was like my shit growing up was watching The Wiz. I still, if I see it anywhere, if I have a, ch- I listen, I put the soundtrack on from time to time because it's fucking amazing. You, know you got to give Michael Jackson credit for. He's such a strange fucking dude, yeah. right? He's so socially strange. And who knows what the fuck, right? But he, like, to do thriller, like, he's so in it though when it comes mm-hmm. to that kind of shit to be so animated and like out there and brave to do fucking <clears throat> weird acting things like the whiz or like the thriller video you know you wouldn't think someone that's so reserved and introvert and right. strange right could come out and do that kind of thing right yeah i just recently rewatched uh annie are you annie are you okay yeah. are you okay annie because it's just it's unbelievable right like just watching michael jackson do that smooth criminal is just fucking yeah. unbelievable the yeah, way he criminal. moves through that whole fucking video is so superhuman Remember how big thriller was though it was oh, like a dude fucking, it was like a it. new movie there was out. nothing big yeah it was like a 20 minute music video mm-hmm. and like mtv hyped it up for like yeah. months you know, and World then when they hit, you were like, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah, it was. You know, it's it's one of those things that like Michael Jackson wouldn't be Michael Jackson unless he was otherworldly. Sure. You know what I mean? Is like sure. if he wasn't an alien, right. you know what I mean? Like right. it wouldn't right. be it wouldn't be the thing. If Frank right. Sinatra didn't act a certain way, yeah, it just sure. wouldn't be Frank Sinatra. For you know, sure. it wouldn't be yeah. fucking, Absolutely. you know, he got more and more weird over time. Oh, yeah. You oh, the they all do. Yeah. They all do. When yeah. you're when you're there's the levels of fame you know what i mean like there's normal famous people and they're just like they're normal and they're fucking oh i'm going to work today and i'm gonna fucking shoot a movie it's just my job and then you have people who are fucking right. dude they showed enormous. footage they showed footage of michael jackson on that documentary that i was watching and i just thought and i said it out loud i was like there is no one no one that's ever been that kind of fucking famous dude no the beatles Maybe the Beatles have. I mean, yeah, Michael Elvis, Jackson you know, is crazy though. There, I don't there's, know. there's people that I mean, there's people that impersonate Michael Jackson. There's people all over the world that impersonate Elvis. Sure. You know what I mean? Elvis there, it's is just a phenomenon a culture, for sure. You know, um, but yeah, the Beatles were the Michael Beatles Jackson, were dude. Huge, like when man. they show the crowds, dude, and people are just fucking getting carried out on stretchers because he walked by. Yeah. yeah, like they fucking are just dropping like yeah. it's some kind of religious. They fucking, did that. They did that with Elvis too. Like yeah, fucking women Beatles, would fucking yeah. fall out, and the Beatles. And this is and girls again, would scream and pass out. You know, this Dude. is this is what I love about someone like Quincy <clears throat> Jones or Jimmy Iovine is it's like you you know I'm not going to say that he was more responsible for the Michael Jackson albums than Michael Jackson was. 
but they were like 50-50 on the success of that he record. Was there, yeah. And Michael Jackson can't go out in public and the fame distorts his brain and Quincy's just Quincy. I mean, like most if, if you, you look if Quincy at it like walked this, up the street, right. most people wouldn't even fucking recognize yeah. him. Right. You know, he did these yeah. things and still has a certain level it's, of anonymity and can exist in the world, you know. You're right. I mean, it, it's the it's the blend. I mean, if if it was anybody else besides Michael Jackson and Quincy, it wouldn't be Michael Jackson. Right. If it was anybody else besides Quincy and Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? The other right. way around, it right. wouldn't be. It, it's like the <clears throat> post Fruity Pebbles, right? So you have post Fruity Pebbles. That's like the name brand. And those motherfuckers are good. And then you got the Malto Mill, you know, Dinosaur Pebbles. Right. Just doesn't, I mean, they're okay. It's not the same. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's right. the same shit. Exactly, but, dude. You know. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm, I'm 100%. You like my analogy? I am 100% I like, where is he dude? going with this? 100%. No, I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like the mixture, the Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. And you know what I mean? Like those mixtures of people. How old is he? I haven't heard how is he? Oh, how is he? I haven't heard any updates, so I'm guessing he's fine. Yeah. 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 There's no death yet. Right. You know, so he's so. probably fine. Because Quincy had a couple aneurysms too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it happens. Yeah. Yep. But. So, um, so he, so Quincy meets Michael Jackson on the set of the whiz. And while they're talking, he's like, yeah, I'm getting ready to do my solo album and I'm looking for a producer. Can you recommend anybody? And Quincy said that he thought about it and was like, you know what? Why don't I just produce it? Yeah, like, so why why don't, don't you just, let me take a shot? Mm, at yeah. It, so they did off the wall, sold 20 million copies. Um, and then they did Thriller, which sold 65 million copies. That's the album had like eight number one hits or something, right? Oh, yeah. The Thriller album. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Michael Jackson was the most selling artist When I was little, ever. that was just... I mean, three, now it's 20, Lil Wayne. 20 million but, albums, 65 yeah. million albums, and then uh, so think about, Bad was 45 yeah, million Yeah, and albums. think about that. Like, Michael Jackson was the most fucking sold <clears throat> albums, you know, in the history. Mm-hmm. And now it's Lil Wayne. You know right, what I mean? Like right, fucking right. like that's, I mean, and Little Wayne's good. Like it's just a different type of music, but uh, that's how, you know, the, the world has transitioned. You but know? the other, the other thing that's, that's interesting about the transition is, and we might re- be recovering some things that we said on the Michael Jackson episode is it's like the media scape was such that everyone listened to Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like a num like the best record right now probably isn't selling anywhere near 40 million records. Because yeah. it's so fragmented, it's over and so people, many platforms. And, and now, and yeah, and now you can just download just that, get song. that one song. Yeah. Or and back in the day, if you liked bad, you had to buy the album bad. You know, right. you you could have bought a single. Well, now maybe. now a song is called a record, right? You know what I mean? Like right. it used to be a record was right. a record, right? The whole album, the, yeah. the song is called a record now, and right. that's what sells. Like, oh, you really? sold fifty million of one song, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's it's, weird. It, that's the yeah. So yeah, it was it was sort of a, a different level, but 1980s he ends up doing the color purple um, with uh, uh, Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, and that's uh, again that's when Oprah Winfrey really kind of gets introduced to the world, um, as well as Hoopy Goldberger. Um, <laughs> she was she was big there too, um, and yes. yeah. So Hoopy Goldberger is uh, Goldberg with dreads. Yes. Like, and a bad and breasts cough. and a bad yeah. cough. Yeah. yeah. And raspy Goldberg. voice. Yeah. Raspy Goldberg's voice. back, by the way. Is he? Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch it. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a while, but I know yeah. he's, he's back. <clears throat> um, but yeah, 85, he does. We are the world. There's, you know, all the, the news breaks out about the famine in Ethiopia. He's like, we can do something about this. And he produces, we are the world. Um, the whole album, you know, obviously he produces the, the single, but he also does an entire album. I had the little single record. I wish I still had that shit. I had I a Fisher Price do. record player, I and I had I that record. Do. Yeah, I'd be surprised if I didn't have it. I, I remember sitting on my grandma's patio 
playing that little fucking record player with yeah. We Are the World. Yep. Which and again I was I, just a fucking event. I had that and I had Purple Rain <clears throat> Prince, a little fucking uh, record too. Oh, nice. What else? I had? I had one more record like that. I don't know what it was, but I had We Are the World and Prince for sure. Those are two yeah. solid ones. Um, so uh, <clears throat> he also even set the tone. He said, I don't want any of you to, to come up to come here dressing all flashy. Mm-hmm. Just wear jeans and a fucking sweater. Yeah, There was a sign that said, check your ego at the door when they walked <clears throat> yeah. in. He said, we don't want to make a we don't want to make a hunger record in tuxedos. So he was yeah. like, you know, if you got like a style, represent your style, but just fucking downplay it and show up at the studio. Did, did Michael Jackson have like a fucking stylist <clears throat> that started putting in him in like fucking nautical ship captain? He like had the Captain Crunch jacket. I don't know if he did or not. <laughs> Is that the old Spice Captain? I'm sure yeah, he, he probably yeah. did. He had to have had a stylist. I know Prince did who made all his outfits and everything. I can't imagine Michael Jackson. Someone's like, him. I'm going Captain Crunch with this, Michael. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're doing this. <laughs> we're going to see how far we can take this <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. So throughout all this, he's dated, you know, you can, I'll post a link in the web. There's a, a website I looked at and it lists like all of his girlfriends over the years. And you look at him and it's just like, wow, she's gorgeous. Wow, she's gorgeous. Wow, she's gorgeous. Wow, she's good. It was and the just one like, model, she had a recent interview and I was like, how old was she when they met? How old is she right now? She's a right? fucking vampire. I can't think yeah. which one it is. Was it um, Naomi Campbell? Nope. If you say the name, I'll know. And I was like, dude, she still looks like she's 20. Peggy Lipton, no, not Peggy Lipton. Anderson. These are all older ones. Jerry Caldwell in us magazine. Um, not too long ago, he said, I used to date Ivanka, you know, 12 years ago. This oh, is in, shit. this was in Ivanka uh, Trump. Yeah. This is oh, in 2018. Wow. That's funny. Uh, when he was 84, he said, Trump ordered her Tommy Hilfiger, who was working with my daughter, Kedada said, Ivanka wants to have dinner with you. I said, no problem. She's a fine motherfucker. She had the most beautiful legs I ever saw in my life. Yeah. So according to that yeah. interview, he and no Trump's one ever, wife. no one ever like, well, a lot of people probably banged. Ivanka. Yeah. I mean, yeah, true. Um, but, um, yeah, he's had, she could, she could kind of fuck whoever she wants. Probably true. Another interview in 2018, he said that he had 22 girlfriends at the time who all lived in different cities and they all yeah. know about each other. Dude, it was like, I thought about it I a got lot because in different <laughs> when we did yeah. Bob Marley and like his wife and like his girlfriends and shit, were all like, he's Bob Marley. Like yeah. they had to support him and you're right. like, they just like look past it. I mean, they like still got yeah. a divorce and like, yeah. you know, right, right, well, right, right. Yeah, but I they mean, like, they weren't like pissed like that cheating motherfucker can't keep his dick in his no, pants. It wasn't like that. Right. It was like a thing where they had to support him because they knew that the music was more important than that. That was the lifestyle. It was the lifestyle. But yeah. he is, he loved music more. Is the yeah. truth? Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. It's yeah. like women who like serial killers. You know right. what I mean? They like go to <laughs> right. jail, write them letters, marry them, you know, in prison. They look past the fact exactly. that they raped, you know, and murdered Murdered people. and ate people's yeah. brains. Yeah. That shit is kind of weird, yeah. yeah. So in 1990, he creates um, Quincy Jones Entertainment, uh, which is also getting into television and film production. <clears throat> this is when he did The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He did In the House in UPN, which was another black show. Mm-hmm. Not that great. Didn't last that long. Uh, the Jenny Jones show, which I'm really not sure what that is. It's a talk that. show. Jenny yeah. Jones. Okay. Yeah, I, do, I do remember that. Uh, yeah. Mad TV um, in 1991. And again, this tells you his clout as a musician. He said that for decades he was after Miles Davis, who had retired. And he said, I just want, he was like, I just want to produce your big songs. 
Like, I just want to do an album that's like your best shit that you pick. And let's just go back to the studio. And I just want to be able to produce them because I think I can make them better than they were when they came out. Um, And he said no. And he said no. And he said no. And then in 91, he was like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. And um, he came out of retirement. He did one concert at the Montreux uh, Jazz Festival, which Quincy Jones founded. Um, He did one performance for that thing he recorded the album and then a couple of months later miles davis died but quincy jones was able to do that and he really the album that they released was him doing that live so he could produce you know those songs but again talk about fucking clout miles davis who didn't listen to anybody didn't give a fuck what anybody said and quincy was finally like let me just reproduce all your best shit and he was like all right let's do it (laughs) (laughs) it also tells you i mean you don't really know yeah, and you don't really know what actually went down. Right, you know right, I mean? right. Like, I mean, you can assume. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if if he wasn't good, he would have said, fuck off. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would have been like, no, fuck off. You but know? it also tells you the balls and the confidence that Quincy Jones has to be like, you know, the best jazz songs that have ever been recorded. I, can I make bet better. I could make them better. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I wonder, I mean, I haven't heard them. Um, so I can't, I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Right. So I listen to them. But I wonder, I haven't heard I wonder this album, yeah, that's so what I'm I saying. I wonder yeah. if, right. I wonder if he did. Like, I, 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 I kind of want to really, listen to that album now because you know, I'm curious. What spin did he put on, yeah, you know? Yeah. What arrangement did he do? Right. Um, more cowbell probably. Yeah, probably. More cowbell. Yeah. So Violins, louder. 2007, he did a podcast. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like 2007, yeah. A. <laughs> early. <laughs> yeah, fucking early as Q-cast. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he still has all kinds of stuff. He's got some weird European streaming service that exists. And um, he's got a, like a master, uh, um, master blaster, uh, what are they, a master class on piano oh, yeah. that he produces in Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. and him. Um, and then he gave like a crazy interview in 2018. Um, he said that uh, he liked bruno mars drake and kendrick lamar but he said he didn't like taylor swift saying we need more songs fucking songs not hooks and talked shit about taylor but then shortly after retracted it and apologized which he doesn't really do so he must have listened to enough taylor to go okay take that back he said the beatles were shit he said the Beatles were <laughs> the shit. Beatles, he said the Beatles were shit. Yeah, I mean, he said, um, "Have you heard the Yellow Submarine?" They asked him about the Beatles. They said, "What do you think of the Beatles?" And he said that they were the worst musicians in the world. <laughs> there were no playing motherfuckers. Paul was the worst bass player I ever heard. And Ringo, don't even talk about it. I remember once we were in the studio with George Martin, um, and Ringo arranged a version of "Love Is a Many Splendored Thing" um, for a 1970 album. Um, blah blah blah. He said the. Uh, He basically said he had taken three or four hours for a four bar thing he was trying to fix on a song as a drummer. He couldn't get it. And we said, mate, why don't you go get some lager and lime, some shepherd's pie and take an hour and a half and relax a little bit. So we did. And we called Ronnie Varel, a jazz drummer. Ronnie came in for 15 minutes and tore it up. Ringo came back and says, George, can you play it back for me one more time? So George did. And Ringo said, that didn't sound so bad. And I said, yeah, motherfucker, because it ain't you. (laughs) 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 Great guy, though. What's the punchline of the story? But, um... He yeah, uh, motherfucker, because it ain't you. He said that he knew who killed Kennedy. Oh, and said it was the uh, Sam uh, Giancana mobster. Yeah, 
he was the one who came out and said that uh, Marlon Brando, James Baldwin, Marvin Gaye, and Richard Pryor all slept with each other. Yeah. So very strange. It was all in one interview. Like this was all. I'll post the link to the interview. It's yeah. all one fucking Pryor and interview. Marlon Brando. What? Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, and I think we talked yeah. about it on the Richard Pryor episode. Yeah, actually, there's a rumor. We, yeah. we talked about that, but yeah. yeah so he, he this gets so famous. It. Women are just you know a hole's a hole, Brent. You know right. that. And then you know that Brent. he released a, a <laughs> statement <laughs> afterwards saying, I encourage you all to please grow with me and keep on keeping on. You're not drinking enough. Love an 85 year old bowed legged man who is still learning from his mistakes. So, um, and then there's philanthropy. He does a ton of, I mean, just, I mean, there's an endless list. I mean, what else from, do you do with your money? At yeah, that point? exactly. You know, he gives tons of money away. A lot of it is for like, you know, black museums and, you know, arts for children and music and, and cultural heritage and uh, some of it is like health stuff, Parkinson's. So, I mean, he just has tons of philanthropy, gives tons of money away. Um, I think some of his interviews lately have gotten a little off the rails because I think he's going a little bit cuckoo. But um, yeah, just un- <laughs> yeah, the Richard Pryor, Marlon Brando shit. <laughs> All mine was the same yeah. fucking spiel, just at yeah, different yeah, people. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that Stephen Colbert one's kind of funny, though, because he's like, this is fucking Quincy Jones. Like, he's like, Pushing it a little bit with like right line right, of smart, right. smart ass in him a little bit. Right. But he's like, is it piano? Is it trumpet? Like, yeah. He's like, and he just keeps on talking about gangsters. The audience starts to laugh because he's just ignoring right. Steve Colbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going yeah. with the story. Yeah. Good. So, so, all right. so that's that. That's that. All, all right. right. So uh, social media winner for episode 548 Run DMC uh, is going to be, is it Casey? Casey O'Brien, I think. O'Brien C- or O'Brien? Just Brian. O'Brien. No, wait a minute. I can't read. Casey, I was I was locked up on Casey. C A S E Y is Casey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Casey O B Y R N E. It is O'Brien. Burn. No. O'Brien. 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 Yeah. E Y R N E. That's how you say that. Yeah. O'Brien. O'Brien. All right. Well, you're gonna get a T-shirt for having a stupid ass name for Instagram tagging and interacting. I'm sorry, I butchered that. I've I've never you didn't butcher it. They butchered that. I've never seen that. I've never had to say that. I've never seen that last name. Gypsy fuck. That really fucked you up. That name like put a caddy. You can't even. You can't even say Casey after reading the last name. You know why? Because. it was, I didn't enc- expect to encounter a difficult last name when I was still struggling with Casey. I was like, Casey, Cassie, Casey, Cassie. Can I, I really? Like, he's like, he's I was questioning like, if he can read. Yeah. Like at this I, point. I was like, like, fuck it. I moved forward to that. And then I was like, oh, son of a bitch. I didn't reserve enough brain power for the last name. <laughs> <laughs> I All thought, my processing power yeah, was on the first name. I thought I could name. keep working on the first name a little bit in the background. That didn't happen. So you're going to get a t-shirt uh, for tagging and uh, interacting on Instagram. Frankie Pigeon's going to reach out to you. So look out for that message and give your information freely. We appreciate you sharing on social media. Um, also, we're part of the Podbelly Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to podbelly.com and check out cool podcasts. Um, if you have a podcast, um, go over there and register your podcast. It's free. There's no weird commitment. Um, it's just like putting it on you know, Spotify or Apple Music or something. It's one more uh, place. You get a cool little profile. You can have a little about your podcast. I'm working on some stuff called Piggy Bank, so you can get donations and stuff there too. So lots of cool stuff coming in the works for Podbelly. Go check them out and find cool podcasts like ectoplasm podcast and breakers podcast um don't forget about breakers if you haven't listened to breakers that's a whole lot of entertainment Mm -hmm. you can binge through that it's an actual completed finished series serial podcast 
uh, post-apocalyptic. If it's uh, Red, You're Dead. There's there's a lot of good content there. Yeah. A lot of hard work went into that. Go over there and check it out on podbelly.com. Um, also, check out El Yucateco Hot Sauce. That is our primary sponsor. Um, it is nutritious. It's delicious. Uh, Brad had some clever thing about putting it in your neck. I can never remember. Tech on your neck Mm-hmm. Yeah, tech on your Neko. Um, but go uh, to elucateco.com and buy stuff from the gear store. Um, if you find it in the wild, tag us, tag them. Um, every week we put up a hot sack post and uh, we ask for you to interact and post what you did with the Elucateco that week in a meal or something. And uh, to reward that, we choose someone and we give away what we call the hot sack, which is like, uh, it's always a t-shirt. Um, it's always hot sauce st- like a whole sticker pack, usually Elie Cateco stickers, any kind of little Teco swag that we might have in stock at the time. Um, I do everything that I can fit into it. It fits at ship's box, which is kind of impressive, impressive and usually bulging like a pillow. The mailman's probably questioning whether it's legal or not, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'll tape it shut if I have to and send it your way. Just interact for us and help they us out. They mostly make it. So, yeah, yeah, mostly. And always, as always, if we send you something cool like a prize uh, for social media or for hot sack or something, or even if you bought something, post it on social media and tag us um, just because it's great for us to get that exposure and branding. It's huge. So thank you for that. Um, Also, check out Print Dirt Cheap. Go to printdirtcheap.com and uh, use code SOFAKINGPODCAST if you need printed goods, stickers, and things like that. If you've got a band or a business or a podcast and you need stickers, um, they do make the invincible stickers there that last forever in the Bakersfield sun. Mm-hmm. So if it lasts here for three years on your car, um, it's going to last oh, where you live even longer. And I put one in uh, tea kettle, tea kettle junction. Nice. Uh, I put the Gary Coleman for president. <laughs> nice. Oh, sticker. nice. Nice. Yeah. So it'll be there. And I said, it's going to last forever. I still but, have yeah. some of those. I should, I should give those out at random or something. I'll yeah, put those throw in the hot sacks, packs, yeah. everything else. Why not? We still have some of those left. Um, also, check out Jimmy D's Tees. Um, he is the, the, the man who makes our shirts on our website at subkingpodcast.com forward slash shop. He also makes his own stuff. Um, go check him out at his website, jimmydstees.com. And uh, tag him. Live feed. He made this oh, yeah. one, he made but that you can't one. get it anymore. That's right. It is over. Sucker. He actually made four last shirts and is mm-hmm. washing the screens out as we speak and oh, reclaiming nice. them. Nice. So the screens are gone. So that was truly limited. Um, so thank you, he Jimmy. Could, couldn't turn remake the screens. But no, he couldn't. No? It's impossible. Okay. It's impossible. It. The universe wouldn't allow it. No. Yeah. True. You can't stop Hitler's death either. That and Jimmy D remaking those screens. Yeah. Two things <laughs> you, could, you, can, you can't alter history. Yeah. Um, and on that, check out uh, SKR Apparel. That's S-U-I-K-E-R Apparel.com. Also check out RetroVague.com. Check out Mindframe Podcast. Um, if you're looking for another serial podcast, that's Dave's uh, first novel of his second trilogy, right? No? Second. Yes. Yes. Um, and so it is a sci-fi and it is awesome. I'm, I'm into it and I'm the one recording it and being involved in it. And I'm still hanging on every fucking word and waiting to see what is going to happen the next episode. <laughs> Um, and there's still mystery and it's driving me crazy, but I think I've got some stuff figured out, but go check it out mindframepodcast.com and on all major, uh, platforms that you can listen to podcasts. Um, also if you're out there and you're mad about Spotify for Sofa King, I don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong to RSS feed. Uh, we have a trouble ticket out. It's not on our end. We're not quitting Spotify. We keep getting emails and messages and posts. Um, it's, it's available lots of other places. If you're using Spotify and you have an Apple or an Android, you could easily jump on to Apple Podcasts or Check Google Play for now um, until we can figure out what's going on and get the RSS fixed. Um, it's on our website. You can listen to it on Patreon. There's lots of other places to listen to it. Um, so I know you probably want to keep all your stuff in Spotify because it's easy and that's where everything's at. But if you love us enough, uh, jump over and listen to it. It wasn't even always on Spotify. So, right. you know what I mean? That's, we're spoiling you that we got it there, but for some reason it broke there and, uh, it's, it's out of our hands at the moment. We're trying to fix it. So, hmm. 
Um, other than that, check out Brewing the 99 podcast. That's also over at podbelly.com or is it brewingthe99.com? Yeah, what it's not back up yet. No, it's not yeah. up yet. But it's on all, all the platforms. Yeah, also. yeah, on all the platforms. And that's if you're into magic or if you're wanting to learn about magic, um, that is Brad's Something new new hobby that you probably shouldn't do. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> so that's that's all I got. Yeah. Yep. Uh, school member of the month, we have Artie, Artie J. Allen. Uh, fantastic, fantastic guy. I had a, had a chance to sit down with Artie. We recorded a, uh, a YouTube uh, video yeah that's what we're doing now with our new um i wish i could have done with the old ones might have to do like some past members of the month maybe, and bring them maybe. back kind of like a vh1 like, special yeah we are the skull like, like big yeah, yeah yeah like like the old member the old skull member of the month talk about the new skull member of the yeah, month yeah. you know uh but yeah great guy we sat down and talked and uh you know he had Lots to say and how he got involved, you know, in the skull and what he's doing now mm-hmm. and how it's changed his life, really. Yeah. Um, you know, he's eating, eating better. Uh, he's getting healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, uh, he's lost. He had a, they called it a flapjack. It was a stomach. He's not fat. He looks skinny. Like when right. you see him, he's, he's thin, but the it's just a pancake that mm-hmm. just kind of hangs down. Never had no surgeries, nothing like that. Never had like the right. the, the band. It's just some weird flap that he's had. He keeps his wallet his there. Yeah. 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 All kinds of stuff. He tucks mm-hmm. it under. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, it flaps around. Like if he was naked running and jumping into a pool, you know, you'd hear yeah. the flap, you know. I mean, and I, I mean, I know now he's trying to get rid of it, but when he was younger, like he used to make money on it because he would go as the man supial. Yeah, and he would, he would yeah. like tuck Pouch. things yeah. in it and you know yep. show off at carnies and yep. stuff like that. So you know, it, it served him well, but you know, to it was a drove know. his dad crazy because he would lose the remote control. Yeah, yeah, and he'd be like, all yeah. kinds of things. Go get Artie in his flapjack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get in here. Yeah. Give me that sweaty remote, you stinky son of a bitch. Well, that's what. Go clean your room. I mean, J. Yeah. Here I come. Uh, that's what Artie J. Allen says. J is not even really his middle name. It's right. just, it's the Jack part. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So he just yeah. kept it. He, he, he owns it. You yeah, know, yeah. He, yeah. You know, that's what makes him great. Yeah. You know. Ram Supio. I like that. Yeah. So. And Cliff Lion. <laughs> <laughs> that Cliff Lion was so good. <laughs> Uh, uh, if you're on Reddit, go to our forward slash Soap King podcast. Join the conversation there. Uh, post some pictures of El Yucateco and you might, uh, you know, you could win something. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Soap King Podcast. Go like and follow. We appreciate it. Uh, personal Instagrams, I'm at Raised with Wolves. We have Soap King Brent and Soap King Dave. Also, check out El Yucateco underscore hot sauce, Jimmy D's Tease, uh, Mind Framed, SKR Apparel. I don't know if it is SKR Apparel on there, huh? Um, yeah, bring the 99, all that good stuff. Did I say Jimmy D's teas? I did. Podbelly, I forgot yep. that one. Um, patreon.com, black slash yep. King podcast for the love of your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and bonus episodes. Yep. Don't forget bonus episodes. Way better than your dad. Way better. Right. You get the bonus. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So, yep. Pretty much it. Uh, the Spotify playlist, you can search Sofa King Podcast 2021 is the it new works. playlist. I tried it. Josh Burton, it works. You just yeah, search it. They're all there. But you have to be complete. You can't just type Sofa King. Look under playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could put Sofa King playlist maybe. It might come up. Uh, so they are on there. And uh, that's pretty much it. Don't be retarded.
recipe, I have it. Your destiny, I control it. Don't make this static a habit. I'm hip hop, you a rabbit. But eight mile was a classic. I manifest, you imagine. You ain't cut from this fabric. Was burning rubber in traffic with King Richard and Magic. On a mission to get it. Twist the swisher and lit it. I, then I passed it. Literature was my passion. Ain't hot denying in my fashion. But I'm a rhyming assassin. I saw the target and hit it. Every bar was acidic. Way before I did acid. I found the apple and bit it. Just cause they said it's forbidden. That's what made it attractive. I had to earn a living. Not to earn with my ashes, my nigga. Back at it. So I don't feed Brody ego This time next year we be in New Zealand Eating fried flamingo huh? No broads in Atlanta but got plugs in the OC How I handle when my dough is low Just keep that shit low key huh? Wide mouth vacuum still a busy body Hit my wicker not my line Tax and please fill out your W9s huh? I'm my father Dillard reincarnated Pushing that Purina He got to it for the dog ate it Bitch I'm back at it 